Welcome to the Spoken Gospel Podcast. Spoken Gospel is a nonprofit dedicated to the idea that every part of the Bible, Old Testament and New, is about Jesus. And this podcast is our experiment to publicly test that belief. Every episode, hosts David Bowden and Seth Stewart work through a biblical text to see how it helps us see and savor Jesus. Let's jump in. Well, welcome everyone to the Spoken Gospel Podcast. Thank you for joining us. We are in week three of Ruth. Week three. Yeah. 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 We did an introduction and then we did the first half of Ruth and now we're going to do the second half of yeah. Ruth. I like Ruth. You like I uh, like like the person or the like book? The, the story. <laughs> I So you don't like Ruth? At the one person. point in time, I wanted to name one of my children Ruth. Oh. And then, like, when I was, like, a teenager. Oh, you know, not, I was, like, I was, I was like, like, how many more know, kids are you going to have, Seth? Uh, I was just like, oh, I think Ruth's a good name. And then somebody ruined it for me forever oh no what they do they said like well what if your daughter's ugly what and they call her Ruth, Ruth, oh Ruth. my that's and was, horrible and i've never not had that in my mind ever since that somebody did that to me is one of the most belittling things i know and i it's like one of those things i can't stop thinking about that's so funny anyway and terrible and terrible at the same yeah. time there's Man. all sorts of baggage that I have. There, should we unpack yeah. more of it before I mean, we continue? I mean, I can tell you what someone once told me I, I should name my son, that I should name him Bubba. Bubba? So that way, every time he says his full name, it sounds like he has a stutter. What's your name, son? <laughs> Bubba Bowden? <laughs> <laughs> someone literally told me that. My youth pastor told me that. That's amazing. Yep. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Youth pastors for the win. Youth pastors for the win. Uh, okay, so we uh, why don't you do a little recap for us uh, to get us up to this point as fast as possible. What's Naomi happened? left. She came back. Ruth came with her. Boaz gives her food. Period. <laughs> okay, I shouldn't have said as fast as possible. <laughs> Give me some dramatic tension some that dramatic. gets me into this moment um, of nighttime espionage. Nighttime espionage. Um, there... Naomi mm-hmm. and Elimelech left Israel when they shouldn't have. Right. They experience another famine in the land of Moab. And Naomi comes back as a last-ditch effort. Mm. Her homeland is in Bethlehem. Mm-hmm. And this is the only place she knows that she could possibly find a way to survive the rest of her life, even though she's widowless. Ch- she's a widow. <laughs> yeah. She's childless, childless. And she has no even grandsons. Yeah. Ruth comes with her in an act of remarkable loyalty and then sets about trying to provide for Naomi as best she can by going out and gleaning in these fields and working all day. Mm. And but in her efforts to provide and be loyal to Naomi, she runs into a redeemer named Boaz who generously and loyally provides for Naomi um, as well like the redeemer should. He mm. generously extravagantly gives out of his abundance for the sake of Naomi and Ruth's well-being. Mm-hmm. And that's where we are right. in the story. Right. And we find out Ruth comes back to Naomi with her arms full of flour. Mm-hmm. And Naomi's like, where did you get all this stuff? Oh, I was at Boaz's field. And she says, oh, my goodness. Boaz is one of our kinsmen redeemers. Yes. And should we just define what that means We now? should, because the rest of the book of Ruth unpacks this truth. Yeah. So a redeemer was something that was set up is the Hebrew words goel. Okay. Uh, right? Redeemer? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And it's mentioned two different places in... It's mentioned in the Old it's Testament. It's mentioned a bunch of times in the Old Testament. But when it comes to um, the law functions that are about to be it's practiced a, here, it's it's mainly listed in two places yeah, in Le- the Torah. Leviticus 25 and Deuteronomy 25. Easy to remember. So easy. <laughs> and really, there's two different functions of a redeemer. Right. A redeemer can redeem property. Right. And this will be the, let's call this the kinsman redeemer law. Yeah. This is Leviticus 25. This is Leviticus 25, 25. The, uh, the redemption of property. Property. Okay. So, uh, yeah. let, I, I hate to do this, okay. but I want to pause real quick yeah. and just, let me just define the word redeemer. Okay. Okay. Because yes. it's a, it's a yes. Bible word. Yeah, it's you know, it's like word. a Christian yeah, word. Yeah. 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 Go and for it's it. like to redeem something is to buy it back. 
Yes, right? to buy something. So to buy something back. So a kinsman buyer. Yeah. A re- related buyer. Yeah, and buy back, I think, is a important. A buybacker. Yeah, you can't redeem something that's not already been sold. Buybacker Bowden. And it's the buybacker Bowden. <laughs> Bubba Bowden the buybacker. <laughs> oh, my goodness. And so, okay, so anyway. Uh, yes. So Leviticus 25, the kinsman buybacker. Yes, and what happens there uh-huh. is somebody uh, becomes poor. Yep. And they need to sell their land in order to pay for their debts. Yes. Um, a relative. Can, this is like, I mean, we do this. Is refinancing your home. Yes. 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 But what can happen. Taking out a second mortgage. But the ideal is that that land stays within the clan. Right. So another member of that family can come back and buy that land and give it back to pay the mortgage and then give it back to. Wait. No. Oh, I've got it wrong again. Close. No, it's very close okay. though. So, um, because you're 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 already getting to how Ruth unpacks it, okay. which is better than okay. the law. Okay. Continue. The, the law version is the so this person sells their land because they're poor, and um, they are then these kind of like indentured servants on their own farm. Mm-hmm. You know, working their land that they don't own anymore. And then their brother or their uncle or their grandnephew, whoever is rich enough to be their kinsman redeemer, can come and pay off the remainder of the debt to the people who bought the land from them. Yeah. But then that kinsman redeemer owns that land now mm-hmm. until the year of Jubilee when it would then be released back to the original owner. Right, and on the year of Jubilee, all property reverts back to its original right. owner. Right, so what would happen to that original seller of the land whose land has been redeemed is that they will continue to work their own land as indentured servants, but they still don't own their land. It's just back in the family. The okay. land has been redeemed. Now, there are further laws in Leviticus 25 that allows for the redemption of the person as well. It's a, and this is Leviticus 25, 47. Mm-hmm. So if you become poor, uh, you can sell yourself into indentured servitude uh, into a member of a stranger's clan, somebody mm-hmm. else's clan. And then after you're sold, you can also be redeemed by a member of your clan. Right. So let's just say you're $50,000 in debt and say, mm-hmm. I'll work for you for two years and we'll forget our debt. Right. Or a member of your clan can come say, no, no, I'll pay the rest of his debt. debt and he can come back and live on his own land. He's redeemed. I buy him back from yep. you. He no longer has to work from you. The That's debt right. is paid and he can come. He's now live. no longer a slave. Yes. That's right. So now, again, the, that would happen at the year of Jubilee automatically, yep. but I mean, that's like, you could be in slave for 49 years if that's you were at the beginning of the, of the term. That's, so, yeah, that's yeah. exactly right. So there's two types of redeemers that so, you need to yep. know about. So that's before. the first one. So the, the property one yeah. and then the personal slave one. Uh, no, oh, oh, yeah. incorrect. <laughs> there's so many redeemer laws. We've tried talking about this yeah. so many times off the air to get it straight. So that's the kinsman redeemer laws. Yes. Those are the laws, and you and I and like just I know this is the worst. Okay, but just to keep it straight, okay. this is the pro- this, these are the property laws, and that includes land and people. Okay. So I, I know that's horrible. Yeah, but that people could be viewed as property, and they weren't in the Old Testament. But yes, for, for the sake of, just for the sake of lumping them together, because because you're sold for a debt. Yeah. So it's just it's it's really the money one. This yeah. is the money one. Yes. That's, that's helpful. Let's yes. call this the, the kinsman redeemer is the money one where yes. a debt has to be paid for a land or a person. Then there's the Leverite marriage one, which is Deuteronomy twenty five. This yes. is the one that's the sex one. The sex one. <laughs> money and sex. Money and sex. <laughs> this is a very hot podcast. Um, yeah, or it's about to get spicy. It's about to get spicy it's right about now. To get real spicy. Right. Um, and so in that one, hopefully I can get this one right. You got it. I, I believe in you. When a people become, when a man loves a woman, (laughs) when a man loves a woman very much, this is turning into a birds and the bees episode. So when, if a husband dies, yes, before having um, a child, a a male heir to uh, carry on his name with his wife, property and the land and the money. Yep. The brother of the husband can marry his brother's wife. That's right. Have a child with her, mm-hmm. and that first son will become an heir of his brother, the dead brother, the dead brother. That's right. And that dead, and that son will inherit the brother's land. Yep. The brother's money. That son is not the the younger brother's son. It's the dead brother's son. Yes. And and the and the widow's yes. son. Yes. Okay. So, yeah. 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 The the, the new son mm-hmm. is not the actual biological father it's the spiritual father yes of like it's like it's it's now that the 
dead brother's son to carry on the family that's line. right yep and so that was another type of redemption and it's called the leveret marriage laws yes. everywhere so go read leviticus 25 and deuteronomy 25 <laughs> and then try to s- s- and try to say this quicker <laughs> than we did to yourself but those two things are on the line they because are. in naomi's case she is a poor woman mm-hmm. whose land was left in israel and she returns back to it during a famine in Moab yep. to an untended piece of land. Right. And one of two things could be happening here. Okay. One, uh, which I think we're, we're landing on is probably the right one, which is that she she left, uh, maybe left it to a caretaker or something like mm-hmm. that, but didn't sell it. Yeah. But came back. It would, it would have been a Limelex when they left. Right. It, it was a yeah. Limelex when they left. She comes back. Now, now property has passed to her, mm-hmm. which is kind of unheard of in that time. Yeah. But... Uh, so she is realizing that she needs to sell the land in order to survive. Right, because um, yeah. she could work it, but yeah. she's old and she only has one daughter, mm-hmm. and she can't, and she doesn't. She has to eat now. Right. The so, other, the other version is that when they left, they loaned the land out or did like a sublease or a mortgage or mm-hmm. something like that on it, where um, and, and now in order to uh, pay off that mortgage or fix that financial right. situation she has to just go ahead and wholesale it yeah in order to pay back the debt that's racked up while they've been in moab yes whatever's going on naomi's in a tough financial position yeah she's a widow uh with a widower like, or yeah. with a widow daughter-in-law right and the only way they're even able to put food on the table is by her daughter going and basically begging in wheat fields yes like so like they're in a bad spot yes so they fall under the proper the kinsman redeemer laws a relative can buy that field, give that, and give them the deed to it or the proceeds of it. Uh, uh, yeah, or uh, another both. way to, to, to view it is that she's putting the land up for sale, and someone could buy that land in their in their clan and own it. Yes, and then Naomi would Naomi and Ruth would be under them working the field. Yes, that could also happen. Which is the that's the assumed what would what would happen. In the open market. That's exactly right. Right. That's the that's the best deal. It's the best deal you're going to get. Right. Yeah. Totally. Uh, and because she has no heir. Yep. We're also hoping that a Limelex line will continue. That God would be faithful to yes. the dead by providing an heir. So the, so we have two problems. There's one problem that Naomi is not going to have financial provision. Because she's going to have to sell herself into slavery. Her land right. is going to pass out of her name. Um, Elimelech's um, land is going to move into somebody else's o- ownership, which is mm-hmm. apprehensible, mm-hmm. Uh, reprehensible, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, But then the other issue is Elimelech's line is about to just end, yeah. which is terrible. Right. Uh, I mean, that's why God put in place things like the Levirate marriage. And so it's like economically and biologically, she's in a really tight spot. And this is not only, and it definitely is, so I'm not belittling this. This is not only a, um, oh, that poor widow story. It definitely is that. Yeah. But this is part of a larger story where God um, guaranteed this land for certain people. Mm-hmm. Like the covenant and faithfulness and promises of God are tied up into Naomi's farm. Right. Like, and her being on that farm is part of God's promise to Israel. Yes. And then her having children and not miscarrying and, you know, and like being it's able to carry on a line. part of God's promise continuing exactly. to the next generation. And so God's covenant is on the line. Yeah. And so th- this is, this is yes, this is economical, but it's also very much theological. So in a theological sense, they need a redeemer. Yes. They, oh, and then it blows up even bigger. Okay. So there's three layers. So there's the there's like the nuts and bolts of what's happening, the economical. There's the theological ramifications of that, that the covenant is on the line. Yeah. But then if you blow out even further and look at Israel as a whole, this seems to be just the state of Israel right now, that yes. it's the judges, there's no king, everyone's doing what's right in their own eyes. And it's like the whole nation seems to be poor spiritually and they need a redeemer yeah they need someone to fix things yes will god's covenant continue through the famine of the time of the judges will god (laughs) buy spend pay for the debts of his people right will he provide for his people by buying and Mm -hmm. redeeming for them what they need right and so uh, uh, with that question a really important thing for us to point out is the first redeemer in the bible the first person called a goel Mm -hmm. is god himself that's right. Like uh, Exodus 6 talks about how God will redeem Israel out of slavery in Egypt. He will redeem them. Yeah. And he, he will buy them He'll out. Buy, they were enslaved. They were enslaved. Like, like, yep, the, like exactly the redemption laws talk about. Mm-hmm. And he 
pays their slave price mm-hmm. um, through, and he says, "I will redeem you through uh, great acts of judgment." Yes, <laughs> he pays them through judgment, and yep. that's what happens. Yep. So God's the first, and so the redeemer laws in general are actually an extension of God's character. That's right. They're a way to be God to one another. Yes. How clans and family members can act like re- redeemers when their brothers and sisters and mothers mm-hmm. are enslaved or in debt. Right. It's That's not part of God's heart to have people enslaved. It's not part of God's heart to have people without land. Yes. Like it's like God wants you to be free. That's why he is a redeeming God. He's a buybacking God. Yes, he's a buybacking God to provide you a home and freedom. Yeah. So yes. that's everything that's built into <laughs> you the have phrase. To know all that to know this. Redeemer. Yes. And so let's pause there and okay. let's try again. <laughs> okay, so we're gonna now look at how these laws of Leverite marriage and kinsman redeemer. Uh, all the buybacking yeah. <laughs> um, plays out in this situation right. with Naomi and Ruth. Yes. Okay. Uh, one thing I want to point out here mm-hmm. is what happens in chapter three follows the covenant ceremony that God went through Israel with back in Exodus. Okay. It's a covenant ceremony, wait, 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 okay. which is really important. In chapter three, there's a covenant cer- ceremony. Yes. Okay. Because uh, God's covenant's on the line, right? Like, that's the mm-hmm. issue we just mm-hmm. talked about. Yeah, yeah. And so really quickly, and then I'll let you kind of dive into more okay. the narrative of it. But thematically, what's happening here is uh, Naomi first repeats two of God's covenant promises that he makes to Israel. She says, uh, should I not seek rest for you, my daughter? God promises to bring the people of Israel into a land where they have rest. That's right. Okay. And he says, yeah. and that it might be well with you. That it might go well with you in the land is something that God constantly yep. says. Yep. So she's yep. repeating God's covenant promises. Again, this is a matriarch. She's one of the founding mm-hmm. mothers of Israel. She's repeating the stories and the phrases from Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. That's right. she's, she's one of the founding mothers of Israel. Yep. Okay, cool. And then she tells, um, she tells Ruth to go and do what God told Moses and the people of Israel to do before they come up on the mountain to start the covenant ceremony. Verse 3 of chapter 3, wash yourself and anoint yourself. Hmm. Yes, this could easily be read and probably should be read as like a, hey, don't smell when you go to have your yeah, yeah. marriage proposal. Right. <laughs> smell good. Yeah. But washing and anointing were ritual preparations for entering into a covenant. And it happened at Mount Sinai before the, oh, the, the so giving cool. of the covenant. Man, so, the more we discover in this book, the more obvious it is that Naomi is not is the founding mother of Israel, but she's extending the covenant of mm-hmm. Abraham to all f- nations yes, through this representative Moabite woman, this yes. representative foreigner. So then, just like in Exodus 19, after the anointing, uh, they like uh, Moses gives a command to the people, and they reply, "All that the Lord says, we will do." Verse five of chapter three, oh. and Ruth replied, "All that you say, I will do." She oh, expresses okay. covenant fealty. To yeah. the covenant, and then there's this covenant ceremony that takes place at the threshing floor with Boaz, which I'll let you unpack later. But you just have these covenant things hmm. happening. There's this ceremony that we don't quite understand about the uncovering of the feet, or you know, yeah, it could yeah. just be a practical thing. We'll talk about that. But there's this thing that's happening, and then the covenant comes. Spread your wings over your servant. Well, uh, that's the that's the end of the request. Okay. But then the covenant is in. It starts in chapter ten, where Boaz says. May you be blessed uh, by the Lord, my daughter. You have made this last kindness greater than this first. And then he makes all these promises to her. Mm-hmm. He says, do not mm-hmm. fear. I will do this thing you asked for me. I'm going to do X, Y, Z. And, and you know, it's going to happen. He makes a covenant mm. promise to her. He covenants with her that he will redeem her by any means necessary. Amazing. And so it's a covenant ceremony. It's a covenant ceremony. Anyway, I just thought that was really cool. That's really cool. It proves what we've been saying yeah. all along. This is a founding mother of Israel. This is, that's really cool. It's just also just brilliant and brilliantly designed designed brilliantly designed <laughs> okay, so, okay so let's so, do it the normal version so that's now. like behind the scenes all the kind of fun literary intercanonical <laughs> yes. connections but what's really the narrative the narrative is just rife with sexual tension Ooh. that's kind of the exciting money part about sex. this money and sex <laughs> wow um so the way that naomi says that um ruth should get married mm-hmm. is by going to boaz and essentially uh, so it's a funny story. It so is a funny story. It's a funny story. It's like 
Naomi wants Ruth to get married. Yep. She wants her to be at rest and not have to work in the fields every day. Um, and so she wants to set up a marriage between her and Boaz. Boaz has already taken an interest in her. Ruth's already found favor in his eyes. And he's a redeemer of the family. It's a wise, smart match. Right. And so... Naomi kind of concocts this kind of brilliant, mm-hmm. cunning, and wise plan to not trick Boaz in marrying uh, Ruth, but to force the question in like the starkest way possible, to force yep. Boaz to see Ruth as a really worthy and wise woman to marry. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she tells Mo to get dressed up, yep. to get on her best clothes, and to wait until Boaz is done celebrating the barley harvest. Right. So the barley harvest is, this. that's the, t- it's, a, it's a party. It's a party. Yeah. It's all in. Got no more work to do. That's right. It's Eat, eat bread, drink wine, and be merry. And be merry. Yep. And to visit him on the threshing floor. Yep. Uh, which after is, his heart is glad with wine. After his heart is glad. Which is just, again, it's like, okay, it's the most opportune time. If you say all the sitcoms, it's like you wait till your parents are happy after they oh. eat the meal. <laughs> yeah. They're sitting down after the television, their first television show, but not before their second, where they're too <laughs> sleepy. And like that's when you ask your dad for the skateboard. Like, yeah. So that's what, she, that's what Naomi's like doing. Right. Um, and said, once he falls asleep, what you should do is you should go into the threshing floor, just you and him, mm-hmm. uncover his feet, right. and then lay down next to him and just and then wait and wait for him to wake up yep so like a lot of people want to like disparage uh ruth at this moment and say like she's being sexually licentious that's like she's doing something wrong here and what they're getting right is that there is actually a lot of sexual tension yes in this like how can there not be sexual tension a a single woman yes going to a man alone in the dark at night after drinking wine after drinking wine uncovering something something even if even if it's just his feet the word uncovering uh, yeah, exactly. It's like th- there is sexual tension. Yeah. Like it's like if you in the middle of the night, mm-hmm. a beautiful woman that you know that you've been interested in, that you think she might be interested in you, knocks on your door at midnight, beautifully dressed with perfume on. Says, hey, can I come up? Right. And all she's doing is bringing you that morning's newspaper. Right. It's, it's like, still like, it's like weird. Uh, what's happening? Yeah. Right? It's like I'm asleep. Nobody else in the house. But sure. Yeah. Like there's like that. It's full of sexual tension. Right. Um, in the middle of the night, mm-hmm. he wakes up. Yes. Uh, so verse 8 says, At midnight, the man was startled and turned over, and behold, a woman lied his A feet. woman. I love how it just <laughs> anonymizes it. Well, yeah. Where it's just like... That's part of the genius of it. Everybody it shrouded in like mystery. Who is there? Yep. Who isn't there? It's like... It what hyped. was done. What was done. Yeah. It's, it's meant to be kind of covered and secretive. You know, I think we would know better what was going on here if someone was in the room when it happened. <laughs> We've been watching Hamilton <laughs> on Disney Plus, and everything is a Hamilton reference right now. Anyway, continue. Um, so part of the reason I think it was a wise move to uncover his feet oh, is because right. at midnight, it's cold. Yeah. And if your feet are uncovered, you're going to start shivering. Sure. And the word startle there can mean like tremble or mm-hmm. tremor. So it's like, oh, he started shivering in the middle of the night because his feet were uncovered. Right. And Naomi wanted to make sure that he discovered Naomi or Ruth before the morning and so he wakes up in the middle of the night, and behold, right. a woman is at his feet. Yes. I'll, I'll, I'll give the converse okay. to that idea, um, which would be one of two options. One would be the uncovering of the feet is exposing part of Boaz, not anything even sexual, mm-hmm. even just like his naked feet yeah. are there in front of her, where they're kind of inculcated in a way now, and it's kind of a catch-22 where it's like, I've seen your feet. You got to marry me. Right. Yeah, you yeah. know, and it's like, that is very, it's innocent, but but shrewd. It would have been like um, like, like a, a hijab. Like, if you yes. would take, like, if you would have, right. like, oh, like, I've seen your. You've crossed a cultural barrier, yeah, not yeah, yeah. necessarily a sexual one. Right. I think that's what, that's what to see here. Mm. Uh, the other is she might have shared his blanket. Like, put herself on. Her, she uncovered his feet to get herself under the blanket a little bit, which is why she says, spread your wings over me but wings can also mean garment right right and so, so it could mean like blanket it could yep. mean like it's like you already did spread your garment over me so now spread your wings over me and either in either one of those cases whether it's like to make him cold make sure he wakes up or to cross a cultural line it's smart. but not it's just a really it's smart, smart it's move. wise and again which goes, she is the 
the Proverbs 30, 31 woman. Proverbs 31, wise, cunning, smart, yes. taking initiative, bold. Yes. And that boldness is just doubled down on when she proposes to Boaz. Yeah. She doesn't wait for Boaz. Yeah, to propose. she doesn't take Naomi's advice. So yeah, Naomi sets out this whole plan and then she says, everything you do, I'll do. And she does all, does it all yep. and then goes one step further. Yes. Just, yeah, because Naomi says, wait to see what he says. Right. And then he goes, who are you? I'm Ruth. Spread your wings over me and, and redeem me. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, wait, hold on. You you went too far, Ruth. Always going too far, that Ruth. I know. And it's, it's just like in the field. Mm. Yep, she goes, exactly right. asks for more than what the law requires there. And yep. here, she's going beyond Naomi's law and asking for Boaz to redeem her. Right. Which is also beyond the law. Yes. So going back to the Leverett marriage laws, that applied specifically to the deceased wife's, the deceased husband's brother, period. Right. Like that's what the law describes. Yep. So Naomi's taking the law and saying that principle should apply to me as well, to Naomi and to me as well. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, and it's a double whammy because not only is it not a direct relative, like mm-hmm. a brother, who yeah. she's asking to perform redemption, she's not saying, so go marry Naomi, who is the one who's barren right. and without an heir. That's the one, but she's probably too old. She's probably past yeah. childbearing years. And so she is putting herself in the position to vicariously be the person who will perform the Leverite yeah. marriage. Normally it would be surrogate. A Limelech's brother should have performed the kinsman, the Leverite marriage. That's right, law. but he's dead. But he's dead. Yes. So uh Naomi is asking for him to marry for Boaz to marry her on behalf of a Limelech. So yes. this is really important. Naomi is not uh, Ruth is not trying to secure for herself. That's right. Um a decent life. Let, okay, I'm gonna just say, yeah. stop. If you're if you're listening casually, take a second. Seth, say that again. This is so crucial to understand. Ruth is not trying to secure for herself a decent life. That's right. She is trying to secure for Naomi a redeemer. That's right. She's not trying to get her own husband. She's not trying to get her own land. She's not trying to get her own child. She's trying to get Naomi's land back and give Naomi a son. Yes. She is trying to find someone to put a surrogate baby in her to then give to Naomi. This is why Boaz responds in verse 10 with, may you be blessed by the Lord, my daughter, because you have made this kindness greater than the first because you've not gone after young men whether poor or rich. So what he's meaning there, he's saying your first kindness was leaving your home, leaving your father, leaving your mother, coming to a land you didn't know. That was your first kindness. And and like coming out and gleaning on behalf of Naomi. Yes. Right? Yeah. That's exactly right. You've already kind of vicariously been fulfilling the law for Naomi Mm -hmm. to take her Yes, you've already been acting as her surrogate, giving her everything that you've done. And now you're doing an even greater kindness by not marrying a poor man for love or a rich man for your own status. Mm -hmm. You're marrying me so that Naomi could have her land back and she might have a son through you. That's right. He sees all that happening immediately in front of him because he's aware of the Leverett marriage laws. He's aware of the laws of redemption. And he sees Naomi as being full of hesed, Mm -hmm. covenant loyalty towards Naomi. Yes. Um, This cuts against so many of the normal ways this book is talked about. Yes. Where it's like, oh man, Boaz just really had it for Ruth and Ruth was just swooning over the righteous Boaz. And it's like, no, Ruth was trying to find a surrogate donor (laughs) to to bear a child for her widowed mother-in-law. Yeah. And like, yes, all of it's kind and full of love. But it's a different kind of it's love. It's not love for Boaz. It's love for Naomi. It's yes, yes. Yes. That's very good. Yes. Yeah. I really like um, that. And, not, and, not, and they probably did like each other. Oh, like, there's probably sure, lots of why reasons not? why. Like yeah. he's a good man. She's a good she's woman. A good woman. Like, yeah. There's no reason to think that this was a loveless, horrible marriage. No. Yeah. But, but that's not the driving, motivating factor. And what's emphasized consistently is Ruth's loyalty to Naomi. Yes. That's what's happening right here. And then Boaz, in response to seeing... Ruth's loyalty and love says, you are a worthy woman. Mm-hmm. And, and I'll... Yeah. And everyone knows it. I love it. Like, everyone around town knows that you're a worthy woman. Yeah. I love that. It's so good. Yeah. Anyway. And she says, yes, I'll marry you. I yep. will be a redeemer. Yep. Except, Except plot twist. Plot twist. Here there, it is. There's another redeemer. Uh, uh, uh. Somebody else could fulfill these obligations. Right. And like, and, and so as a reader, you're like, no, no, I want Boaz and Ruth to get together. Yeah, yeah, I don't yeah. want this random yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah. Like, I want them to get together. Right. And I, but I think this even cuts against some of the romantic tension. Where he's like, and if he can, great. 
I'll, we'll, we'll let him. That's yeah. awesome. Because at the end of the day, the goal is redeeming Naomi, yeah. not getting Ruth a love hookup. Yes. That's so, exactly uh, like, right. So again, like that's, and think that's about, hard done. Think about Naomi. She says, I'm bitter because I've gone, come in empty. Mm-hmm. I went away went full, away full but I came back empty. But now she has two redeemers. Yes. And all this barley that she can't even eat. <laughs> yes. Like she's there's a surplus of provision. There's surplus pr- provision for Naomi. Yeah. Not only is she Ruth. full, she's overflowing with provision. Yes. Wow. Um, and then and then Boaz says, "Remain here for the night," and then yep. go away in the morning. And this, let's so like again, people will say like, "This is them sleeping together. This is them doing something licentious." Okay, sure, maybe. I don't think so. I don't think so either. I think he's protecting the worthy woman, Ruth. Exactly. Because imagine the threshing floor. It's somewhere near town. Uh, you have a bunch of people celebrating, partying late into the night. The threshing floor, we didn't even mention this, Like, is kind of like also a known place for like little like Things trysts in the middle of the night. It's like uh, underneath the bleachers. Yeah, underneath the bleachers. <laughs> yeah, it's underneath the bleachers. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's like the, the, the parking lot. Yeah, make out hill. Yeah, make out hill. <laughs> make yeah, out yeah, point. yeah, yeah, make out point. Yeah. Um, so if somebody sees Ruth walking away from the threshing floor and they saw Boaz go in beforehand, like her reputation is tarnished and oh, probably yeah. even more easily because she's a Moabite. Right. And They're looking for an excuse to condemn her. Yeah, even though she's a worthy woman. Be, right. Oh, I knew uh, it. I knew it. Those Moabites. Those Moabites. Yeah, you can't trust totally. Them. They had sex with their father. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like a lot. Anyway. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, yep. so like oh, were, yep. yeah. That's just how they do things. That's how they do things. That's yep. how the nation was started. That's how they always started. Yeah, yeah. totally. That's how. They, so he's. I think he's protecting her. So that's interesting you bring up the story of Lot because here we have a reversal of that story mm-hmm. where instead of a woman going into a drunk man and tricking him into having sex with her, Yes. Instead, mm. you have a woman, a worthy woman, going into probably a buzzed dude. Yeah. Because <laughs> he's very witty. He still knows what's going on. Yeah. He knows that there's a closer redeemer. He's full yeah. of wisdom here. Going into just a, ha- a married and happy man. man. Happy man. And they go to extra lengths not to have sex, not to do something scandalous, yeah. and end up not bringing about the nation of the Moabites, which ends up you know, occasionally falling under God's wrath. Instead, they end up creating the line of David and Jesus yeah. in a worthy way. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's the unworking of That's the past good. sins of Lot. That's really good. And his daughters. That's cool. I like that a lot. Anyway, a and lot. A lot. <laughs> Get it? A lot. A lot. My, one of my favorite comments in our... like. <laughs> our reviews oh yeah is that dad jokes for the win (laughs) great theology and dad jokes for the win like we're dads we're dads we got that on lock uh so in the morning he sends her away with a whole bunch of food and he tells her you must not go back empty-handed to your mother-in-law right because naomi said i am empty and empty so again two redeemers more food that she can ever eat yeah she's not empty anymore yeah boaz is proving to her the first words on his lips are true. Yahweh be with you. Mm, and yeah. I'm proving to you, Yahweh will bring you provision. So how do we see Jesus then in Ruth chapter 3? Oh, I mean, do we do the redemption stuff right now? Or do we wait until chapter 4? Because that's everything. Well, let's talk about spreading your wings. Great. And let's let's do that. And the plan there. So Yes. So God is often talked about, and we, I think we've talked mm-hmm. about this already in, in the last episode, mm-hmm. as having these big pinions, these big wings that wrap us up and shelter us and keep us safe. And it's like, if you want my son, you got to go through me kind of thing. Yep. Um, Jesus, when he comes to Jerusalem, um, on his last trip to Jerusalem, he looks over the city of Jerusalem and starts to cry. And yeah. just is just weeping over the city, and he says, "How I've longed to wrap you up in my wings as a as a as a like a mother hen covers her chicks. Yeah. If only you would have let me, but you you fought me and you yeah. ran away. He just wants to wrap you wrap you up. So like like Ruth is asking Boaz to do what Jesus does for his church. Yes." And so Jesus to wrap them up to yes. protect them to provide salvation in the middle of emptiness, mm-hmm. in the middle of chaos, in the middle of destitution. Yes. Jesus seeing the broken city of Jerusalem longs to wrap them in his wings right. and provide those things for him. But instead, people he's weeping because instead people kept doing what Naomi's family did. They've been running away. Mm-hmm. And they just kept denying and not trusting and running away. What what does faith in Jesus look like? It looks like coming under his protection. 
You know, it, yeah. like, it looks like coming under his protection, letting yeah. him wrap you up in his wings yeah. and saying like, if you want this child of mine, you'll have to go through me first. And he proved that on the cross. Yeah. Like, you know, condemnation, death. If you want them, you have to go through me. And then when it tried to go through Jesus, it got beat. Yeah. You know, like it's just so good. And like Ruth, who like who considered Naomi's life mm-hmm. and her salvation as more significant than her own interest or yes. love or marriage, Jesus does the same. Mm-hmm. He empties his life so that we, like Naomi, can become full. Yes, and have more than we need. <laughs> yeah, yeah. As Paul says in Philippians two, he did not count his status, his equality with God, something to be held on to, right? But instead he lowered himself and became obedient like a slave, even to yeah. death on a cross. He he lowered himself and he, he didn't he didn't hold on to what he should have had or could have had. And that's what Boaz praises Ruth for. Mm-hmm. You didn't marry poor for love or rich for status. You know, you did something that was self-effacing. And ultimately that will bring about redemption not only for Naomi, but for the whole world through this child yeah. and his children, Jesus. And so yeah, it's amazing. Um, yeah. Okay. We'll, we'll move on and we'll get to the, my favorite thing, which will be the redemption stuff. But let's wait till the purchase actually takes place. Let's do it. Okay, Boaz has accepted the marriage proposal. Right. And he has to figure out this issue with the other closer redeemer. That guy. And so he (laughs) goes... That guy. So he goes to the city gates. Right, which is where like transactions like this would take place. It's probably where the marketplace was. It's where the elders of the city hung out. That's exactly right. And he goes there early in the morning and waits to see him. Mm -hmm. That's like he's taking initiative, he's going out to the gates, and he's looking for the guy. Yep. And as soon as he sees him, he invites him over to all the where all the elders are and said, Hey, here's the deal. Here's the situation. Naomi is selling her plot of land. Mm-hmm. Um, and you are the closest fir- redeemer. The closest redeemer. If you want the land, buy it. Right. If not, I will buy it. And conveniently, yep. he leaves out the fact that Ruth is involved at all. Right. He doesn't mention it. He mentions the fact that there's kinsman redemption, Leviticus 25 stuff going on. Mm-hmm. But he leaves out the fact that there is also Leverite marriage, Deuteronomy 25 stuff going on. Yes. Yes. Um, and then he's like, well, of course I'll yeah. take the land. I get to add that to my parcel. Like, yeah, bring so it on. It's no, it's a no, it's a win-win for him mm-hmm. because he would get more land, mm-hmm. more space to to build crops, and Naomi presumably would either live on that land as its caretaker, yep. or even work on the land. Right. So it's like he has a, a landlord yep. and land. It's easy. It's an easy win for him, and he yep. has the money to spend on it. Right. So he's happy. Then Boaz says. But wait, there's more. (laughs) (laughs) What's behind door number three? (laughs) Um, He says, the day you buy the field from the hand of Naomi, you also acquire Ruth the Moabite. Mm -hmm. And he mentions her race here. Oh, he does. That's true. Uh, Her ethnicity here. And I think that's probably intentional. Mm -hmm. Um, The widow of the dead, which is... Yep. He's referring to Elimelech, but like... The widow uh, of the dead, I think, would, would invoke in him the idea of Deuteronomy 25. That's exactly yes. right. So technically, uh, she's not the widow of the dead. Right. Right, but like connected. Yes. Uh, she is the widow of a, de- of a dead man, though. Yes. But, but just not the dead man who's, not whose property life. is at stake. That's exactly right. Yes. It should have, yeah, anyway. Um, and then she said, in order to perpetuate the name of the dead in his inheritance. Right, so which would, would be not be, yeah, it would be a limelight. Yes. Um, then the Redeemer said, I can't redeem it for myself because it would cost him too much, lest he impair his own inheritance. Mm-hmm. So the idea would be there is that now he realizes in order to invite Naomi into his family. He would have to marry her, have a son, and then that all that property would then belong to uh, Ruth's son. Yes. Instead of him. Which means the guy didn't really want to redeem the land. He wanted to acquire the land. Yes. Because it's really the same cost. Yeah. If, he, if his intention was to redeem it, which would be to buy it back and give it to Naomi. Mm-hmm. But that was not his intention. His intention right. was to buy it, grow his estate. And now that we he, he's learned that once there's an heir, a parent, yep. then he would have to forfeit that, even if it was at the year of Jubilee. Yep. At the worst case scenario, 
it still won't be his land, you yeah. know. And so, anyway. and then essentially, then he's just losing a bunch of money, right? And he's not able to provide for his sons as well. So That's let's right. just let's like it's a three hundred thousand dollar bath for his son's inheritance. Yes, it's, like, it's I can't, I can't do it, I can't do it. Yeah, uh, and, and to be fair, neither quote unquote could Boaz. It's it will it will ruin Boaz or any other redeemer just as much as it would have ruined this person yeah so it's like he's doing like orpa mm-hmm. left and did the smart thing and went back to her mother's house yes, that's right he's actually doing like the fiscally responsible thing Absolutely and providing right. for his family that would financially ruin me that would, and so boaz is the one who's being extravagant yes wasteful sacrificial prodigal prodigal in order to provide for a Moabite woman. Like, it's like <laughs> the scandal is pretty it's sick. So cool. Um, and then they seal the deal with the strange sandal ceremony, yep. which, which nope. no one knows. It has roots in what Deuteronomy, was it? 20, uh, Deuteronomy 25, uh-huh. where, the, where the kinsmen, the leverant marriage laws are mentioned. Right. Uh, so there is some connection there. It's like whenever someone refuses yeah so it's kind of the opposite meaning almost so it's like whenever somebody refuses to become a kinsman redeemer you're supposed to they're supposed to take their shoe off hand it to you and you're supposed to spit in their face because you were it's a way to shame them it's a way to shame them Mm. but here it doesn't carry any of those shameful connotations it just has the connotation of sealing a deal like a contract like a contract like shaking hands so there's probably just some like kind of like cultural that the culture has developed that law in such a way and its uh, its original meaning is now yeah. just and undiscoverable to again, us. Again, the Levert marriage law doesn't really apply in this situation because right. normally it's the brother of the deceased husband. But again, this is now the daughter-in-law of the mother, like mm-hmm. the mother-in-law's daughter-in-law, who is asking for the redeemer. Right. So Whose like, shoe comes off in this story? <laughs> it's uh, Is it Boaz's shoe or the guy who did not redeem? So then when the redeemer said to Boaz, buy for yourself, he took off his sandal. And then Boaz said to the elders of all the people, you're witnesses to this day that I have bought the hand of Naomi. Also, the re- so the alike. redeemer who said no took off his sandal. Yes. Is that in, in, De- in Deuteronomy 25, is it the person who refuses to redeem? Is he the one who takes off his sandal? Or it, I'd have to reread it. Okay, because oh I'm very curious about that. Why? Well, because if it's true, then he is basically accepting this shameful curse on himself. Where like he's mm-hmm. he knows he's breaking the law in a sense. Yeah. Uh, his the first son bears it. However, the man does not want to marry his brother's wife. Da 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 da. His brother's widow shall go up to him in the presence of the elders take off one of his sandals, spit in his face, and say, this is what is done to the man who will not build up his brother's line. So the other... Oh, I see. Boaz, in that situation, could take off his shoe, slap him in the face with the shoe, and spit in his face. Right, but instead the guy takes off his own shoe as a way to kind of say, like, hey, I know... I'm 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 giving up my right as kinsman yeah. redeemer was yeah. was I think is what's happening here. Yes. Okay. Exactly right. That makes sense. Yep. That makes sense. Okay. Totally makes sense. Cool. And verse ten. So which he, is again, sorry, uh, like uh, Ruth is called an honorable woman. Mm-hmm. This sandal ceremony would have been a sign of shame, mm-hmm. and so Boaz is proving himself and Ruth to be honorable. Yeah. And this passive redeemer who gives up his right and responsibility yeah. is given shame. Yeah, I mean, there's no shame in the passage. No, but but it's like he, it's if you read back into the context, it heightens the costliness and the mm-hmm. worthiness and the righteousness of Boaz. Yeah, Boaz is just an exemplary man. Yep, he's an exemplary self sac- yep. sacrifice. This whole man. part of the story was given not to create romantic tension, but to be a foil to show you just how extravagant Boaz has to be to do what Ruth is asking him to do. Yeah, and then he tells the the crowd. I have acquired Ruth the Moabite to perpetuate the name of the dead in his inheritance. The name of the dead may not be cut off from among his brothers and from the gate of the native place. You are witnesses to this day. Mm. Boaz knows he's not doing it for himself, right. but for Naomi's family. And not even for Ruth. Not even for Ruth, right. but for Naomi's family. They're both doing something extremely self-sacrificial that doesn't even benefit themselves. They're, they're both doing something for someone else. Yes. Yes. And then the crowd responds... By looking to, uh, I think it's looking to uh, Ruth and saying, may the Lord make the woman who is coming into your house like Rachel and Leah who together built up the house of the Lord. Yeah. May, may you act worthily in Epaphrath and be renowned in Bethlehem and may your house be like the 
house of Perez, whom Tamar bore to Judah. So what's happening here Ooh. is that the crowd, the elders of the town, is recognizing what's happening here is within the line of the character of God, in line with the ca- character of the patriarchs, mm-hmm. and he's doing something faithful to the covenants that God has made previously. Yep. He's acting like, uh, he's p- perpetuating the messianic, the line of Israel so that it's not destroyed, which yes. is that's what he's doing. Yeah, we're getting kind of a matrilineal line here. Yes. Yeah. And it's specifically towards Rachel, Leah, Leah uh, and t- Tamar. Tamar. Yeah. Yeah. It's like all these women, they uh, so what's funny here then is how the 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 attention is drawn away from Boaz's act of sacrifice right. and back onto Ruth. Yes. Yes, Boaz is being sacrificial, but Ruth is the one who initiated it and ultimately Ruth is the one who's going to have the child. Right. And so and again we keep saying like Naomi's this founding mother of Israel keeps recalling all these passages back from Abraham's covenant. And so they're saying be like the other founding mothers of Israel, mm-hmm. Rachel and Leah and Tamar who by their initiative Mhm secured the family line specifically with tamar so tamar is a crazy story and you can go back to our genesis podcast right. for that one but she by her own clever initiative engages in some sexually kind of a strange acts mm-hmm. just like ruth has kind of implicated some sexually tense filled moments and secures the continuation of a line that's not really about her specific line no, but the, the line, line of judah the line of judah yep. god's line yes wow okay Sorry. so um, this announcement is made, and then it all comes to pass. Yep. It, this is kind of the they lived happily ever after section. That's exactly right. It just resolves really quickly. It does. And they got married, and they had a baby, and its name was Obed, and Naomi is happy again. That's exactly right. And the fo- and again, to, fo- pr- to prove our point, the focus is not on Boaz and Ruth. It's on and Naomi. It's on Naomi. Mm-hmm. The story ends with Naomi. Yeah. Uh, then the women said to Naomi... Verse 14, uh-huh. blessed be the Lord who has not left you this day without a redeemer mm-hmm. and may his name be renowned in Israel. He shall be to you a restorer of life and a nourisher of your old age for your daughter-in-law who loves you, who is more to you than seven sons has given hmm. birth to him. Then Naomi took the child and laid him in her lap and became his nurse. So what you're seeing here is the story recentering on Naomi. Yeah. So Ruth has the child and it becomes Naomi's. Yes, because, I mean, read verse 17. Uh, a, this is uh, a woman and the women of the neighborhood gave him a name saying, a son has been born to Naomi. To Naomi. Wait, hold on. This is Ruth's kid, right? Right. No, not when it comes to what's happening here with redemption. Right. What's happening is this kid is actually Naomi's because Ruth has has performed vicarious redemption, surrogate redemption. She is surrogately bought back and born a child for and on behalf of Naomi. Yeah. Yeah. And that son, so it, I don't know if we want to go here yet, but that son mm-hmm. becomes Naomi's redeemer. Yes. So blessed be the Lord who has not left you this day without a redeemer. And that's a reference to Obed, not to Boaz, mm. because that son is going to grow up and provide for Naomi in her her old age. Yep. He shall be to you a restorer of life and a nourisher of your old age. That's exactly right. So Obed becomes the redeemer because of the redemption of Boaz, because of the initiative Mm -hmm. of Ruth. That's what's happening. And that becomes true in more ways than one because Obed becomes the father of David. Yes. The woman whose husband names the king is dead, her son becomes the king of all Israel. Yes. Like, (laughs) yes. Yes. Right. The king, yeah, yeah. Her husband's the king is dead, and now her son or her grandson becomes the king of Israel. Becomes the king of Israel. Yes. She came in empty, Mm. and then she was filled by the Lord. Yes. Oh, wow. That's beautiful. And third level of meaning she was redeemed because the son of david is jesus yes jesus is the ultimate fulfillment of the redemption of naomi yes yes her land was bought back in this story Mm -hmm. yes her name her family's name was preserved in this story but there is something that stands against her a record of debt that stands against her from which not even um, Boaz could redeem, mm-hmm. right? The record of her law breaking mm-hmm. that stood against her 
was still um, a black yeah. mark yep. on her. And, and Jesus, when he came and died on the cross for her, like he redeemed her. He bought her back from the curse of the law that she and every Israelite yeah. and human being is under. Yeah. And even to double down on the land, Israel would eventually lose its land. Mm-hmm. So like, yes, she gets her land back. Oh, and right. yes, David expands the land, but David also eventually loses the land. Yep. So right before Jesus is born, they're in the same place as Naomi was. They're mm-hmm. exiled, from, they're in power, they're enslaved by mm-hmm. the Roman, by a Roman occupying force. Yep. Their land is theirs, but not really theirs. Yeah, and most of the leaders are like Hellenized puppets of yeah. the Romans. The land needs to be redeemed from people that own it. Yep. They need to be redeemed from their own sins, which mm-hmm. caused them to go into exile in the first place. Yes. And their homeland is not their home anymore. Right. So in, so the story of Jesus is, again, the story of Ruth. You have people who are not, who need to be redeemed, mm-hmm. who do not have a home, who are sinful and don't really deserve access to the blessings of the covenant. And yet there is a man like Boaz who comes in a great cost to himself, secures a covenant and a land mm. and forgiveness for the people that trust in the Lord. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's amazing. Yeah. yeah. There's so many layers there to pull back. I think how we should land the plane yes. is to talk about how does Jesus redeem us? Because I think what's so interesting about the book of Ruth is that it actually goes into the economy of redemption. Yeah. You know, which like is confusing, one, and two, is very filled with uh, differing opinions and conflict and theological disagreements and things like that. And I just think it's very clear what's happening here. So uh, I think the, the main thing to pull out uh, of this is this theme of vicarious redemption. Okay. Yes. Which the, just means redeeming somebody that's not yourself, like redeeming on behalf of somebody else. Mm-hmm. Surrogate redemption is what yes. everybody else would And so like the, the, the easy one to see is like Boaz, like, so like, um, like, uh, sorry, Naomi has to sell her land and she's going to miss out on it, all these blessings and everything like that. So Boaz buys the land, pays the debt, and gives Naomi something that she could not afford herself, right? That, I mean, that's a really clear way to talk about how Jesus redeems us. We have a debt, right? Mm-hmm. We are sold to sin every day. Yeah, like, I mean, even Romans talks about the wages of sin. Exactly the, right. The, the proper salary for mm-hmm. sin is death. Is death. Yeah. That's right. And Jesus pays that debt by dying. Mm-hmm. He pays it. And mm-hmm. so now we get something we didn't deserve, which is life. Yeah. 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 And so like that's just that's redemption. Jesus buys us back from death by paying the wage of death himself. Yes. He pays it. There's a price for our sin mm-hmm. and it's death. In the same way that there was a wage, it was the mortgage on yep. the land that was paid by Boaz at mm-hmm. great cost to himself. At great cost. And really it should harm his inheritance. Mm-hmm. Yet he does it anyway. That's right. To give life to people who deserve who should have died by both circumstance and by willful disobedience. That's right. That's right. And so I I think we need to see Jesus as Boaz here, Mm -hmm. that Boaz at great cost to himself redeems Naomi and he doesn't get anything from it. I mean, it's why the other redeemer walked away from the deal. Mm -hmm. I mean, any other redeemer other than Jesus would have walked away from the cross. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah, yeah. like uh, it's like that song that like, has a bridge. Like, what other king leaves his throne? What other king leaves his glory? Any other king would have walked away from that deal. Yeah. But Jesus, at great cost to himself, goes to the cross to buy us back from death. Yeah. And Jesus is also like Ruth. Yes. Who, by yes. his initiative, by his cunning, by his wisdom, secures for us the continue like secures like his divine line mm-hmm. in us. That's right. So it's like if there is a divine messianic line that brings about salvation in mm-hmm. Jesus, that's like the line of David, the line of Obed, the line of Ruth. Mm-hmm. That doesn't end with Jesus. Jesus. He now has offspring who are born by believing in him. Yeah. We are his body and his bride and his people. Yeah. So how do we become <laughs> 
adopted into Jesus's family Mm -hmm. by the cunning, the initiative, and the boldness of Jesus to try to think of like a way to like go to that threshing floor moment and like do that with with with, with Jesus and the cross. Well, like, yeah, I mean it is the cross. Though. It is the cross. Yeah, it's absolutely the cross. There was there. Like, I mean, and and I think the the shrewdness is the way Jesus tricked death itself. Yeah, is that like he was wise. Like the greatest wisdom is Jesus dying on the cross, Paul says in First Corinthians. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. so, like, it was wisdom for Jesus to die on the cross because death was tricked. Yeah. And like he, they thought they were killing the Son of God, but really they were only killing death itself. Yeah. And so, like, yes, Jesus in his shrewdness was doing that. I think as we're talking about Ruth and how to see Jesus as Ruth, as the vicarious redeemer, mm-hmm. because Boaz is not the vicarious redeemer; he just buys it, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Ruth is the surrogate vicariously yeah. redeeming Naomi, having a son that is not hers. He, Jesus is the one that leaves his homeland. Jesus yes. is the one who leaves his father. Jesus is the one who leaves his mother. Jesus is the one who would rather marry, who would rather secure a marriage with a whore, which is <laughs> another way of describing like unfaithful church, yes. than like marrying for love right. or status. Yes. Like, like yes. He, Jesus marries himself to us not because we're the best for him personally, mm-hmm. not because we're the most worthy, right. but because it accomplishes salvation for all of his people. Mm-hmm. In order for him to show covenant love and faithfulness mm-hmm. to those who don't deserve it. Yeah. And I just think it's, I, I think a lot of times when we talk about vicarious redemption or, or in theological circles, we talk about vicarious atonement, that mm-hmm. that somehow... Jesus and and the right his righteousness, mm-hmm. his life, his goodness, his favor and position as a son of God, right? Mm-hmm. As the son of God. Yeah. Um that that could somehow be credited to us. People are just like that's not how things work. You know, like that's right. just not like imputed righteousness is, is what that's yeah. called. When when the goodness and status of Jesus is counted as mine, that's called imputed righteousness or vicarious atonement. His mm-hmm. he is he, anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think people are often like, I just don't get that. That's not how that works. Right. And it's like we see the economy of how that can work here in Ruth. Right, right. That Ruth is the one bearing the child, going through the nine months, going through the labor pangs. Right. Like yeah, bringing the one a child. Leaving the family. Exactly. Going to a foreign country. All the cost is hers, and all the reward is Naomi's. Yeah. It's now Naomi's. A child has been born to Naomi. That's not Naomi's kid. Right. Well, it's the same thing. That's not my righteousness. Christ's righteousness, I didn't earn it, but it is mine nevertheless. It's almost a diminishment of Ruth's involvement. Like, wait, Naomi's, it's Naomi's son? What did she do? Nothing. Yes. That's entirely the point. That's the the whole point of grace. (laughs) We are not saved by our works. Mm -hmm. We're not saved by our certainty. We're not saved because of our ethnic lineage. Right. We come to God with our emptiness, like Naomi came back to Bethlehem, and God provides miraculously a redeemer for us to go and get all the bread we need, pay all the debts we owe, and bring us into mm-hmm. the lineage that we need. He brings us a redeemer who is Jesus. A redeemer in Bethlehem. Yes. A redeemer <laughs> who came from Bethlehem <laughs> yeah. to buy us back. All God wants you to do is come to him with His with your emptiness. like. Yes. And he will fill you up and you will be able to say his righteousness is now mine. His life is now mine. His status is now mine. God has borne this day to me a son. Like that is what's happening here. That's good news. In Ruth. So at the end of the day, we're Naomi. We are empty, sinful, and hopeless. And Jesus does everything to fill us up. (laughs) That's good. That's good. And I was even, this is just a side note, but it's like, I like how Jesus is God who is the Father mm. and the Holy Spirit. And the Trinity is a complex thing. Yes. And that, but like the economy of redemption happens within the working of the Trinity. Mm-hmm. And when you try to start thinking about like, well, how does that work in right. real life? You automatically have to have multiple people. Like yes. you have three, yep. you have multiple actors simultaneously in human terms yep. in order to accomplish what God does within himself. Yes. And just like to make a note here about just the makeup of the Bible okay, and the brilliance of God and really the reason spoken gospel exists Continue. is that God has done a beautiful thing 
in acting out in a human drama the story of our redemption. Like, because otherwise, if we didn't have stories like this or books like Leviticus, we wouldn't understand what Jesus did for us on the cross. God had to tell us a long, beautiful, involved story for us to even be able to scratch the surface of understanding what occurred at Golgotha. Mm-hmm. You know, like, yeah. and I just think that's why I do this podcast <laughs> like, and why we make stuff at Spoken Gospel is because the more we dig into the, the our first and longest gospel, which is the Old Testament, <laughs> the yeah. more we get to see the beauty of what happened when Jesus was nailed to that tree. Yeah. And so anyway, I just think this is a beautiful picture of that. It is. Yeah. Well, thank you guys for joining us in the book of Ruth. This has been a blessing for us. I've really enjoyed it. Uh, if you enjoyed it, please uh, leave a review on our yeah. podcast. We are like, at, at, this, at the time of this recording, we're five reviews away from our first hundred reviews. and Get us to a hundred guys. Yeah, so that'd be great. And it, it's not just vanity. That, no. I, like, that's actually how people see more of jesus on yep. itunes and when Spotify. you when you like when you leave a review it tells the itunes algorithm, algorithm. to sh- send our show to other people yeah and so if you like this show and want other people to discover it leave a review uh leave a rating uh anyway regardless of all that we appreciate you guys thank yeah. you for listening and we will see you next time Thank you for listening to the Spoken Gospel Podcast. Spoken Gospel is a nonprofit that gives all its resources like this podcast away for free because of supporters like you. To help Spoken Gospel and our mission to speak the gospel out of every corner of scripture and view all our free resources, visit SpokenGospel.com.